All right, Jabal, say good morning. Let us begin Begin by thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan, Naftali, and Chavi Tilson from Eretz Yisrael for dedicating all the Shurman Joshos this month in honor of Naftali's Chaver. Benjamin Wallow introduced him to the Daf. May Hashem bless us to finish the Daf Yomi cycle together and celebrate with us Sivan together in Eretz Yisrael. Amen. To thank Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin, may Hashem continue to protect our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, and may all of our children remain safe and complete their year of learning with a deep connection to the land and Hashem's Torah. Amen. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Alan and Sherry Steinmetz, in commemoration of the artite of Alan's mother, Chaya Bas Rameir, and to thank Jeff and Debbie Schwartz for dedicating the week of learning for a successful procedure and complete recovery for Jeff. He should just have it a fool. I'll say with that, let us begin as we are picking up today. Today's daf is Memdalit 44, and we are picking up in Mir Hashem. We left off in the middle of our, well, not in the middle, but towards the end of the Mishnah. We left off... We left off Bechol Yom. Bechol Yom Haisa Kveida. It's uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 17 lines up from the bottom. Almost right across from Tosas Amarav Yehuda. So we'll say, so remember again, the Mishnah is contrasting the Avoda that occurred every day with the Avoda of Yom Kippur. So specifically now contrasting some of the utensils which were used. So the Mishnah said, the Yom every day the shovel that was used was a heavy shovel. kala. But today, meaning Yom Kippur, the shovel was made of lighter weight material. Bechol Yom Every day the handle of the shovel was short. Today in Yom Kippur, the handle of the shovel was longer. Again, we'll discuss why all these things were like this. Every day they would use yellow gold. And today it was red gold. These words are Rabbi Every morning they would go ahead and for the Ketores, offer up part of it in the morning and part of it in the evening. And in the morning, or I should say today, Yom Kippur, they added on an extra handful of Ketorah. So we'll say, remember again, it's actually very interesting that when we speak about the Ketorah service of Yom Kippur, so we often refer to the Ketorah service which was done inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, inside the Holy of Holies. But of course, Yom Kippur, like every other day, also had the regular Ketorah service. Part of it offered up in the morning, part of it offered up in the afternoon. Yom Every day the Ketores was finely ground. Today, Yom Kippur, finer, finest of the fine, right? Even finer. Every day, I both say the Kohanim would go up on the eastern side of the ramp of the Mizbech and would come down on the western side. Today, Yom Kippur, Kohen Gadol goes up the middle and comes down the middle. Rabbi Huda Omer, the Olam Kohen Gadol, Olo Be'emsa, Yor Be'emsa. Rabbi Huda says, no, always the Kohen Gadol always goes up the middle and comes down the middle. Every day the Kohen Gadol would go ahead and wash his hands and feet. From the Kiyor. Remember again, the Kiyor was the large wash base. Remember again, we saw... Ben Katin, what did he do? What did Ben Katin do? Twelve spouts. Excellent. But here in Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol washed his hands and feet from a golden utensil. Literally a golden pitcher. Rabbi Yudon says, no, Kohen Gadol always 
washes his hands and feet from a golden pitcher. The Choyom, Hayasham Arba Ma'arachos, this is very interesting. And on a regular day, there are four pyres on the top of the Mizbeach, right? Remember again, now this is the outer altar, the Mizbeach Achitz on the, the altar used for animal sacrifice. On a regular day, there were four fires on the Ma'arach of Hayom Chamesh. But the day in Yom Kippur, there were five. Div Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Bechoyom, Shalosh. Rabbi Yossi says, no, on a regular day, there were three fires on the top of them, or three pyres, as you say, on the top of them is Beach. Vahayom Arba. Today, there were, today, Yom Kippur, there were four. Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Bechoyom, Shtayim, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, on a regular day, there were two. Vahayom, Shalosh. And today in Yom Kippur, there were three. Good, Rabbi Yossi, we'll, we'll delve into each of these things. Says the Gemara, Aiv Ha'ak Siv, Vechol Adam Lo Yeh Ba'Omoy. So Rabbi Yossi, remember again, the Gemara now picks up on the first statement of the Mishnah. So remember again, the way the Mishnah started out was the Kohen Gadol shechts his par, right? And then receives the blood in a Mizrak, in a bowl. And then the Mishnah said he gives it to a guy. Remember again, what was the, what was the guy? What was the Kohen's job? The bowl receiver? To stir it, right? To mix it, to make sure that it would not congeal. Now, I will say now, remember again, so the, the, the mixer stands on the Rovat Haravi. Which literally is like the sounds like the fourth the fourth column of stones or the fourth row of stones. The Gemara presupposes that the, the mixer is standing inside of the heichal, standing inside of the mikdash itself. So the Gemara says, one second, how could the stir be standing inside of the mikdash? After all, the pasuk says, adam lo No one is supposed to be in the mikdash. In, when I say the mikdash, I mean the structure right now, the ulam slash heichal. When the coin is doing the avoda, and here the right the coin is doing the avoda, so how could the stir be standing in the mikdash? To which the Amr of Yehuda, Tani shall heichal. It doesn't mean the fourth row of stones inside of the mikdash, but rather ultimately again, it means outside of the heichal. So, so just to, just to show you what this means is, if you look at your base mikdash, and hopefully we're going to have a, a full size of this in Hashem soon. But we'll say where is the stir standing? If you notice, there are steps. When you go into the Heichal, so I will say if you count four steps out of the Heichal, which is one, two, three, there are three little ones, and then the fourth one is a larger platform, that is, it's not, it's not numbered. Actually, the truth is, it's right actually by the letter Lamed Dalet. If you look right by the letter Lamed Dalet, Lamed Dalet is positioned right at the fourth step outside of the entranceway of the Ulam. That is where the stirrer would stand. That's where the stir would stand. And in fact, we're going to see that's where Halacha Lamaisa, the coin Gadol, would put down. Remember, because the other piece we saw is that the coin Gadol would take the coals for the, for the guitars on the top of the Mizbeach, he'd take it on the shovel, and then he would put the shovel down also by the Rovat Haravi. Everything, so the stir and the shovel is being placed down by the fourth step outside of the Heichal. So pretty much right where it says Lama Dalit, although we're going to see he didn't stand, the stir didn't stand in the middle. In fact, the stir stood really to the side. Well, we'll clarify that in just a little bit. But that's where all of this is taking place. So therefore, again, the stir, <coughs> excuse me, is not standing inside of the mikdash when the coin Godel is there, but rather, again, he's standing on the fourth side, or the fourth step, excuse me, outside of the actual temple structure. Good, so it says, the now, now that the Gemara mentioned this, we're going to spend some time focusing on this idea. So we'll say one of the interesting aspects 
of the Yom Kippur service is that no one is permitted to, no one, no one is permitted to be inside of the Mikdash. We'll say, remember again, when we speak of now, when we speak about the Mikdash, we're referring to this structure over here. This large rectangle is called the Ulam, the antechamber, and this larger rectangle is called the Heichal. No, no, we're going to discuss where no one is permitted to be, but for now, what the, what the Torah tells us all is whenever Aaron, whenever the Kohen Gadol is doing something inside of the Mikdash, no one is allowed to be there. No one is allowed to be present inside. Says the no one is permitted to be in the Ohel Moed, in the Mikdash, when the Kohen Gadol is doing the Avodah, Taf of Mem Dalid, Yochalafilu Ba'azara. They both say, you might have thought that maybe this applies to the Azara as well. Maybe it applies to the courtyard. And maybe we're supposed to remember again that also there are two courtyards, right? There is the, what we call the Ezra's Kohanim and the Ezra's Yisrael. Again, we don't have to get into these technicalities now, but you might have thought that no one is even permitted to be in the courtyard of the Mikdash. Talmud Lomar. Talmud Lomar, Ba'oel Moed. Therefore, again, the Torah says, no, you can't be in the Oel Moed. So, Ivni Ella, Ba'oel Moed, Shabbat Midbar. So, ultimately, again, I only know about the Oel Moed. I will say, now, Oel Moed, in general, whenever we see Oel Moed, we always take that to mean Mishkan, Beis HaMikdash. But really, Oel Moed specifically refers to the Mishkan in the desert, in the Midbar. So, I only know that during Yom Kippur, during the Valdiv Yom Kippur, no one could be in the Mishkan in the Midbar. Shiloh. How do I know that this halacha applies when the Mishkan stood in Shiloh for 369 years? And then ultimately, again, the base of Mikdash as well. Tamalomar, Bakodesh. Therefore, I will say the Torah says Bakodesh. So since it says Bakodesh, when the coin is in the Kodesh, no one else is permitted to be inside of the Kodesh. Rabbi say Kodesh is a much more expansive term than Oel Moed, whereas Oel Moed could really specifically refer to the Mishkan in the Midbar. Kodesh refers to the base Hamikdash in general. So furthermore, I only know that this is true during the time of the Ketores. When the Kohen Gadol is offering up the Ketores, no one is permitted to be inside of the Mikdash. How do I know that it also applies? to any of the blood applications. So say whenever the so essentially it's really whenever the Kohen Gadol, not just the Ketores, whenever he's doing any of the blood applications that are unique to Yom Kippur, right? Unique to Yom Kippur. So for example, the blood application of the Seir Lashem, the blood application of the Par. How do I know that when the Kohen is doing any of these things, no one is permitted to be in the Mikdash? Therefore, Zohar says, Ultimately, again, when you come to be mechaper, anything that has an element of kapara, whenever the Kohen Gadol is has an element of kapara, no one else is permitted to go ahead and be inside of the Mikdash. I only know that's true, furthermore, when the Kohen Gadol is going in. Be it si asa minayin, how do I know that it even applies as he's going out? Talmud Lomar, at say so. So we'll say whether he's going in, whether he's coming out, no one is permitted to be in the Mikdash when the Kohen Gadol is going in, coming out, staying there for any element of the Kapara of Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara, V'chiper ba'adol ba'ad be'so ba'ad kol kal Yisrael. This reference is back to something we learned yesterday. The Kohen Gadol will atone on behalf of himself, on behalf of his Beso, his family, u'ba'ad kol kal Yisrael. And on behalf, ultimately, again, of all of Kal Yisrael. To which the Gemara says, Kaparoso kodemus le Kaparas Beso. 
the Kohen Gadol's atonement must precede the atonement of his family. So the Gemara says, Uba'ad kol kahali, I'm sorry, Kaparas kodems le Kaparas beso, Kaparas beso kodems le Kaparas echava kohanim. The atonement for his own immediate family must precede the atonement for his fellow kohanim. The Kaparas echav ha kohanim, an atonement for the kohanim, kodems le Kaparas kol kahali Israel. Precedes the kapara for all of Kalilis. So I'll say this reference is back to what we just learned in Reb Sadik, right? Before the coin Gadol could go ahead and start atoning for anyone, who does he have to atone for first? Himself. So I'll say it's incredible. The coin Gadol represents Am Yisrael on this day of atonement. And Chosh says, listen, before you start atoning for everyone else, take care of yourself. And after you take care of yourself, get your mishpacha in order. And after you get your mishpacha in order, get your immediate lansman in order, your kohanim. And then, once you've gotten your own self in order, your family in order, and again, your fellow kohanim in order, then you can be mechaper for kalabi. So I was saying, an incredible yisod. You know, sometimes, sometimes, we're so eager to change the world that we forget that the necessary first step is to change ourselves. So it could be that the Kohen Gadol is so desperate to bring Kapara upon all of Kal Yisrael. That's incredible. First step is, be Mechapar upon yourself. That's step number one. Then your Mishpacha, then your fellow Kohanim, and then Amir If you go through those steps, indeed you will be successful in bringing Kapara on all of Kal Yisrael. An incredible Yisrael. Amr Mar. Exactly Tzidkas HaTzadik. Amr Mar. Amli Elabishas HaKtorah. So I will say, remember you said before, that I only know this to be true, during the time of the Ketores, my mashma. Now, why would you assume that it's only during the time of the Ketores? So the Gemara says, My mashma. Amr Rava v'chein Rabbi Yitzchak paravdim v'chein Rabbi Lazar. Amr Kra v'chiper ba'ado u'ba'ad beiso ba'ad kol kahal Yisrael. Koin God will atone for himself, for his family, and for all of Klal Yisrael. Eizuhu kapara sheshavala u'lo beisolo echav ha'kohanam l'kol Klal Yisrael. I will say, what is the one thing that affects kapara for everyone? It affects kapara for everyone in the same way. It's very interesting. Havi Omer zuhak toras hakitoras. So we'll say, interestingly enough, kitoras seems to be the one thing that is able to affect uniform atonement. And the Gemara says, ukitoras mechaperes. That's interesting because is kitoras really a mechaper? In other words, we'll say kitoras is an avoda. Is it really, where do we see that Ketoros is a mechaper? It tones. Both say this is beautiful. In Tatanebi Chanina, Labmanu Shekitoros Mechaperes. Both say we know that Ketoros is mechaper. Now, where do we ever see that Ketoros is mechaper as an avoda? They both say, interestingly enough, when the Torah is out Ketoros in the context of Yom Kippur, the word Kapara is not really used. The Kapara is used with the par, the Kapara is used with the soyer. But kapara is not really used with kitores. So ultimately, again, where do we know about the kapara prowess or the kapara power of kitores? To which the Gemara says, "Vayiten kitores alaam." But I say this is incredible. Where do we see it? This is by this is by Korach, right? And I will say this is incredible that in the aftermath of the rebellion of Korach, there was a plague. Right, there was a plague that killed a bunch of people. 
So the Torah says that during the plague when the Malach HaMavos was walking around, so Aaron took the Kitoras, and when he walked, that brought the plague to an end. So you see from the episode with, with Korach that Kitoras has the ability to end Amagefa, to end the plague, which tells you that Kitoras has the ability to be Machaper, which is really incredible. So the, the Kapora power of Kitoras is actually not learned out from Yom Kippur, it's learned out from Parshas Korach. Incredible. We'll say, listen to how beautiful this is. We'll say, what is Kitoras Machaper for? Aloshan Hara. Incredible. I will say the real power of Kitoras is Mechaper for Lashon Hara, which I will say makes sense once you appreciate the context from which the Kapara power is learned from. Right? Remember again, if I accept the Gemara's premise that the atonement power of Kapara, I'm sorry, of Kitoras is learned from Korach, the whole the whole chit of Korach was one of Lashon Hara. Again, it, it, it was rooted in many different things, but Lamaisa, right, it was Gaiva, it was Taiva, but at the end of the day, it was Lashon Hara. So Kitoras is Mechaper on Lashon Hara. They will say, now what's the connection? This is so beautiful. Yavo Davrsha Bechashai, the Echaper on Maisa Chashai. Let something that is done in quiet and private be Mechaper for something that is done quietly and privately. See, I will say, so listen to this, Kitores is done quietly and privately. In other words, it's done out of public view. It's done inside of the Mikdash, and no one sees it. Now it's true on Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, it's done even more privately inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, but even Stam on a regular day, right? Kitores in general is a more private service done out of the watchful eye, right? When you offered up, when you offered up, when you offered up Karbanos on the Mizbeach HaChitzon, that was very public. But Kitoros is something done privately, so let something done privately be mechaper on something that is done privately. Lashon Harabosa, you know, in the good old days of Lashon Hara, before, before social media, so remember, Lashon Hara was private. Was private, right? You spoke. Good old lashon hara was just behind people's backs, right? And they, they never knew where it was coming from. Now lashon hara baruch hashem is, is in the rishus rabbin, right? Now now it's very public, which is I will say such a, such a yeridas hadoros because it shows you know once upon a time it was embarrassing to speak. We all did it, but it was embarrassing. <laughs> it's right, who doesn't speak lashon hara? Okay, but at least I'm not going to publicize it now. There's no shame in it, right? Now, again, Lashon Hara is a public pursuit. In any event, the Gemara says as follows. Tanan Hasam. Parsh, so we'll say, so now let, let's analyze a bit more this, Lashen, this idea of Prisha. So we'll say, well, what we've established is there is a concept, a biblical concept, Lo Adam Moed, that when a Kohen Gadol is doing the Avoda, people, no one could be inside of the Mikdash. And apparently, anytime he's doing something that is Kapara related, no one could be there. I both say, so what's Kapara related? Well, pretty much now it sounds like everything, right? So it's Kitores. It's certainly the, the blood applications of the Dam and the Sawyer. Now I both say, interestingly enough, the Shaila is going to be, how far out do you have to go? In other words, now that we've established that when the coin goes, which is actually interesting, so it sounds like the only thing that happens inside of the Mikdash, sounds like, that doesn't have a Kapara element is what? Think of it just a moment, dude. If you mean I have a kapara element, is the menorah, and I guess the placement of the lechem upon him also, but that's only done once a week. Okay, so, interesting, maybe the menorah, maybe the menorah. But again, everything else 
you know, certainly has an element of kapara associated with it. All right. So the Gemara says, so now the Shaila is going to be how far out do you have to separate? So listen to this. So Tanan Hasam, Parshin Mibena Ulam Vala Mizbeach Bishas Haktara. At the time the Kitores is offered, about saying, not only can you not be inside of the Mikdash, but you also cannot be between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. So Bosei, so remember again, now that what, we, what we're doing over here is we are extending, we'll call it the, um, what's the right word? The, um, yeah, the boundary, the, like the separation radius, right? Or the, the, right, the isolation radius. So we'll say, so now, what, we've estat- what we're assuming right now, far per- although we're going to challenge this assertion in just a moment, is that the, the ulam and the heichal are treated the same. So whenever the coin gadol is doing the avoda, you must separate out. So we'll say, again, the ulam is gimel, the heichal is beis, right? So whenever the coin gadol is doing anything inside of the mikdash, we, kohanim, everybody must separate. Now the Gemara is suggesting, Abosai, that not only do you have to separate from the Mikdash, but this area over here, between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, this area, this strip over here, right? Here's the Mizbeach, Mizbeach Achitzon, here's the Ulam, that when there is an obligation of separation from the Mikdash, you must not be in the Mikdash itself, but in this area as well. So says the Gemara, let's analyze. So Tanan HaSam, Parshim, Beinah Ulam, Mizbeach, B'Sha'as HaKtara. When the Ketaris is being offered, not only can you not be in the Mikdash itself, but you must be, you cannot be between the Mizbeach and the Ulam as well. That's only true when the Kohen Gadol is offering up the Ketaris and Heichal. Bosa, you remember again, as we just established in the Mishnah, on Yom Kippur, there are two different Ketaris offerings. There is the daily Ketaris offering. Where is the daily Ketaris offering done? Where is it done? Inside of the Kodesh, by the Mizbeach, by, by the Mizbeach, which we'll say is by, is by letter Bays on that sheet. Right? Ultimately, again, by the, inter, by the inner golden altar, the small golden altar, the Mizbeach Hazav. So the Gemara is suggesting over here, and then of course on Yom Kippur, there's the additional Kitoros offering, which is done inside where? Of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, inside the Holy of Holies. So the Gemara's Rebbe Lazar is saying, when do we say that halacha lamaisa, there's an obligation to separate from the mikdash and from the area between the mizbech and the heichal, that's, and, and, and the ulam, excuse me, that's only during the kitores offering that takes place on the golden mizbech. So only when kitores is being offered up in the heichal, do you have to separate not only out of the mikdash, but also from the strip between the mizbech and the ulam. Ava b'shas haktar but when the Kohen Gadol is offering up the Ketores inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, inside the Holy of Holies, then what? So Parsh, so the Gimar says, Aval Hecha, Aval Bishas Haktar Dilfnai Vlifnim, Mehecha Parshi, Mebeina Ulam Vlamizbech Lo Parshi. But Shabbat said, this is actually very interesting. Shabbat Lazar says like this, where essentially, you always require one degree of separation, which is pretty much what Rabbi Lazar is saying. So when the Ketores is being offered up inside of the Kodesh, inside of the Heichal, which is the daily Ketores, which is being offered up on the gold altar, that's when you have to ultimately, again, be outside of the strip. You cannot be in the strip between the Mizbeach and, and the Ulam. But when the Ketores is being offered up in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the one degree of separation just demands that what? You can't be in the Mikdash, but there's no problem to be in the strip over here between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. So we'll say, this is the position of Rebbe Lazar. Again, the separation requires essentially one degree of separation. 
So when the Ketaris is being offered up in the Heichal, you cannot be in the strip between the Mizbeach and the Ulam. But when the Ketaris is being offered up in the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, then Allah HaLamaisa again, you can't be in the Heichal, but you can be in the strip between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. Incredible. So it says, Others are attributed to someone else. Rabbi Yossi says, we'll say, so now comes on Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi says, the same way that we separate out from between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, at the time of the Ketores, so too we go ahead and we also separate out from that strip between the Mizbech and the Ulam by other services as well. For example, I both say the, par, the, the, the blood applications of the Par coin Mashiach, the Par Helam Dover Shaltzibor, and the Sri Vodas Khan. say, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Bishas Matan Par coin Mashiach, Habo al Achas Mikol Hamitzos, Shetabaras Atzav. I say, if the coin makes a mistaken ruling, that only he followed, right? Then he didn't pass around. He, 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 he passed mistakenly for himself, and as a result, he commits an avera. There is a specific, there is a specific offering that is called the specific part that's offered. Sirevodas kochavim. We both say the situation where the basin, the Sanhedrin, rendered an erroneous ruling, and as a result, Klal Yisrael worshipped avodazara. And Sirevodas kochavim. So we both say so again. In all of these situations, in all of these situations, Halacha Lamaisa, Rabbi Yossi is saying is, you can't be in the strip in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. Rabbi Yossi says the Gemara, Ha ma maila yesh ben heichal ben ulam ala Mizbeach. Why is there a maila about that strip between the Ulam and the Mizbeach? Ela shebeheichal parshin ben b'sha'a saktara ben shalom b'sha'a saktara. Because we'll say what comes out is as follows, that from the Ulam, any time, or I should say from the Heichal, Anytime there's something happening in the Heichal, everyone needs to be out. Right? Anyone needs to be out. Look at Rashi. Bein b'sha'a saktara. Kasaka daite. Bein b'sha'a saktara d'lifnaiv l'ifnim. Bein shalo b'sha'a saktara d'lifnaiv l'ifnim. Ela b'sha'a smatan dam l'ifnaiv l'ifnim. So we'll say, whenever there's something happening inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, whether, again, it is blood applications or whether it's ketores, halacha l'maysa, halacha l'maysa, everyone needs to be out. However, from the from between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, ultimately again, in Parshin El Bishasak Torah. So we'll say the Gemara wants to make the following, the following distinction. Morning. We'll say the following distinction. again, when there's anything happening inside of the Heichal, sorry, when, when there's something happening inside of the Heichal, whether plot applications or Ketoris, you have to be out. But ultimately, again, from the Heichal. But for the area between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, the only time you have to be out is for Ketores. So the Gemara now is making a distinction between Ketores and blood applications. It's only for Ketores that you must vacate the strip in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says, At the time the Ketores is, is being offered, you have to vacate. My love, now both sides. Now, of course, so that's fine. So now, according to this approach, Rabbi Yossi, I must vacate the strip between the Ulam and the Mizbeach at the time for Ketores. But now, what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? Which Ketores are you referring to? Remember again, there are two Ketores, right? There's Ketores of the Kodesh Shakadash and there's Ketores of the Heichal. So the Gemara says, My love, my love, Bishas Haktoro, my love, Bishas Haktoro, Dufnai Velifnim. 
Are you not referring to ultimately again the Kitaris that's being offered up in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? And even when it's being offered up in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, you must vacate the strip in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. To which the Gemara says, No, not necessarily. So you're referring to the Kitaris of the Heichal. Right? Not, so the, the daily Kitaris. So I will say, so essentially again, the Gemara is suggesting this. Oh, all you ever require is one degree of separation. So if the Kitaris is being offered up with Naif in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, you just can't be in the Heichal. But you can be in the strip between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. But if Tars is being offered up in the Heichal, you must vacate the strip in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach as well. Ihaki, if that's the case, Mam Maila. If that's the case, and the Gemara says, what's the, what's the Maila? Vesulo, would this be the only difference? Ha Ika Ha Maila. The Ilum Heichal Parshi, Bein Bishas Haktara Didei. Bein Bishas Haktara Dilfnai Vilifnim. The Ilum Ibena Ulam and Mizbeach, Lo Parshi Ela Bishas Haktara De Heichal. Ultimately, I will say there's a fundamental distinction that ultimately, again, when it comes to the Heichal itself, we go ahead and vacate it no matter what's happening. But for ultimately, again, the strip for the Mizbeach, excuse me, the strip between the Mizbeach and the Heichal, we are only going ahead and vacating it when the actual Kitaras of the Heichal is being offered up. To which the Gemara says, Hakatani Parshin, but the Gemara says, I, but it says that for the Heichal, ultimately, again, we vacate the Heichal, whether the Ketarfis is being offered up or not being offered up, or between the strip between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, Ahmed Beis, Ain Parshin, Ella, Ahmed Beis, Ella Bishas Haktara, only at the time that the Ketarfis is being offered up. I, Vaha Ika Hamayla, but there is another distinction. Dilme Heichal Parshi, Bain Bikdusha Didei, there is another fundamental distinction. One is vacating the Heichal whenever there's a blood application. Whether that blood application is done in the Heichal or the blood application is done in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, right? Anytime that there is a Matan Domin, anytime there is a blood application, we are vacating the Heichal. Interestingly enough, when it comes to vacating the strip in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, you only have to vacate the strip between the Ulam and the Mizbeach when there's an Avoda happening inside of the Heichal itself. Says the Gemara, It's all called, right? It's all called, or as I will say, the Gemara suggested on a certain level, we call this all one Prisha. We call this all one separation. The fact that there is a distinguishing detail over here between are you vacating the Heichal or are you vacating the Heichal and the strip is a detail. But for a halachic purpose, the Yimar says we call this all one thing, we call this Prisha. Amar Mar, Kach Parshin. I'm sorry, I'm Rabbi Shem Prisha Achasi. Amar Mar, Kach Parshin. This is how we separate, this is how we vacate the area. Bishas Matan Par Koin Mashiach Upar Helam Dabashal Tibor. So I'll we'll say, so remember again, we said before, the, the example the Gemara brought is this din of vacating the area is not just the din on Yom Kippur. As much as we're introducing it over here on Yom Kippur, it's not just Yom Kippur. It's, it seems to be any time that we are essentially engaging in some type of kapara service, there is an obligation to vacate the space. So for example, the Gemara says, the Parkoin Mashiach, we spoke about that before. That's Halach again, the case where the Kohen acts on his own erroneous halachic ruling and commits an Habera. Par Helam Davish al Tzibor, that's ultimately again where the Sanhedrin 
issues an erroneous ruling and Kali Israel ends up committing an Abeira and Sireh Avodah's Kochavim, situation where again the Klal worshipped Avodah Zarah. So even in these situations, there is an obligation to vacate the area when the Avodah is being done. Minalan, where do we know that from? Amrei Pidas, Asya Kapara Kapara Miyomekipuru. Both make a Gzir Shabbat Kapara, Kapara from Yom Kippur. It says Kapara by Yom Kippur. It says Kapara by these elements, just like the Kapara of Yom Kippur requires a vacating of the space. So to the kapara of these of these kabbalas requires the vacating of the space as well. Amar Shmamina. See from here that malos daraisa. The rabbis say interestingly enough, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says malos daraisa. Malos shamanu chachamim b'mishnah mesachas kelim parakamis. Well, listen to this. The Gemara now here references the mishnah mesachas kelim. Now, what does the mishnah and kelim say? Quotes over reading Rashi. The kamar hasam. Harabais Nikodesh Mirushalayim. So I'll say the Mishnah in Mesechas Kalim quotes eight eight gradations or eight levels of Kidusha. For example, Harabais is holier than Yerushalayim. Vahachel meharabais, right? The Chel, which is the strip which surrounds the base Hamikdash. The Chel is has greater Kidusha than the rest of the Harabais. The Ezras Noshem in Achel, right? The Ezras Noshem has greater Kidusha than the Chel. The Ezras Yisrael Mishal Noshem, Ezras Yisrael. Has greater kedushin than Ezra's nashim. V'shal kohanim v'shal Yisrael. Obeina ulam v'lamizbeach min ha'azara. Furthermore, again, the strip in between the ulam and the mizbeach has greater sanctity than the rest of the courtyard. V'aheichal mibeina ulam. Right, the heichal is greater kedushin than the ulam v'lamizbeach. So the Gemara, says, the Gemara says all of these things, these these levels are daraisa. Now, Bosei said, I just want to point out. Remember. This whole notion, this whole notion of vacating the Mikdash, and then again, certain situations, not only do you have to vacate the Mikdash, but you have to vacate the strip in between the Mizbeach and the Ulam, tells us that the different areas in the Mikdash have different levels of Kiddushah. Now, that's not a Kiddush to us. What the Gemara is just pointing out is, by the way, these, these varying levels of Kiddushah are biblical in nature. This is Da'araisa. So just finish up Rashi. Rashi says over here, all of these gradations are Da'araisa Ninhu, Halacha Lemoshe Misinai. These different dif- differing levels of Kiddusha are Da'araisa, not written as a Pasuk in the Torah, but are a Sinaitic law. Halacha Lemoshe Misinai. Vachi Gamir, Lohilchach, Le'inyan Prisha, Nami, Dikra, Lo'itzdrich Prisha, Elamehechal, Chsivachal, Adam, Lo'yeba, Amoid. Va'asra, Banam, Gazra, Ben Olam, Ezbeach, Dilma, Mikri, Va'ayo, Lehechal. Interesting enough, so the Gemara is pointing out over as follows. We're going to see in just a moment, we'll read this in Rashi first, then we'll see in the Gemara. The mitzvah of Prisha, the mitzvah to separate, right, to, to vacate the area, really only applies to the Heichal. But sometimes Chazal added on the need to vacate the space between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. For what purpose? Out of fear that if people kind of remained in that space, they may come inadvertently to enter into the Mikdash itself. So the Gemara says, So, okay, so fine. So let's go back to the Gemara. So the Gemara says, You see from here that the varying levels of Kiddusha of the Mikdash compound are Doraisa. Because if you would think that the varying levels of Kiddush on the Mikdash are just Rabbanon, 
Rebbe will say, what's the difference between the area between the Ulam and the Mizbeach and the rest of the Azar, the rest of the courtyard? Dilma Mikri Va'ayo Mikula Azar. Now I mean the Dilma Mikri Va'ayo. Because Rebbe will say, if you hold that all the levels of the Mikdash, all the areas of the Mikdash are the same, so if you're concerned that if a person is standing between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, that they may come to enter into the Mikdash, maybe we should just say, like, what? Maybe you should have to vacate what? The entire base Hamikdash premises. Everything. Vacate, right? Stand on Harabayas. Leave the base Hamikdash premises. The fact I will say that we only extend the Gzeira of, of vacating the area to the strip between the Mizbeach and the Ulam indicates to us what? That strip has a different level of Kedusha. Because, as I said, Milas Daraisa, the levels of Kedusha and the Mikdash are biblical in nature. So that when Chazal are telling us to vacate the area, they make a distinction between the strip, between the Mizbeach and the Ulam, to the rest of the Azar, to the rest of the courtyard. Because if that was not so, then if Chazal are concerned about you inadvertently entering into the Kodesh, when the Kohen Gadol is doing the Avodah, they should tell you to vacate the entire area. To which the Gemara says, Dilma Mizbeach. To which says, well, not the midi lo minkara to which the Gemara says, well, not necessarily, but say there is a distinction, because, you know, the area between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, there is a concern of inadvertent entry. Why is there a concern of inadvertent entry between the Ulam and the Mizbeach? I will say, why? Because there's nothing that really obstructs you from walking in. When you are on the other side of that, remember, again, if you are on the other side of the Mizbeach, there's something pretty big obstructing entry, which is what? Which is what? the Mizbeach. That is kind of their obstructing general entry. So a person doesn't just end up inadvertently wandering in to the Mikdash itself. So I'm Rav Shmamina, Kiddushas Ulam, Ukiddushas Heichel, I'm sorry, Kiddushas Ulam Beheichel, Chadam Ilsi. Both say, this is actually quite fascinating. The Gemara says, and as Rav says, but you see something else, by the way, that the Kiddushas, the Heichel, and the Ulam are really one and the same. Both say, remember again, we've got our Heichel, our Heichel, and our ulam. So Rav just says, you see from here, in this whole discussion of Bosei, what do you see? That there's no distinction between the ulam and echel. So say, see, if I was structuring this Gemara, as, as all of us, you would have thought to say that what, what are the levels of separation? Well, level, level one is you can't be in the heichel, but you can be in the ulam. Level two is you can't be in the ulam, but you could be in the strip, right? In the strip between the Mizbeach and the Ulam. And level three is you can't even be in the strip. But if you notice, again, throughout this entire conversation, no distinction is made between the Heichal and the Ulam, right? The right of Heichal and Ulam, which tells us that Allah says that the level of Kiddusha of both of these items is the same. So the Gemara says, because if you would think that the Ulam and the Heichal are two different Kiddushos, then, Ulam Gufei Gzeira, Venekum Venigzar Gzeira Legzeira. See, Rabbi said, because remember, this is incredible. If the Ulam, if the Ulam was a separate Kedusha than the Heichal, then Rabbi said, what would that mean? That would mean like this. When there is an obligation of separation, right, of the separation, you can't be in the Heichal, but you can be in the Ulam. And now what? Chazal are going to say, now not only can you not be in the Ulam, but you have to be in the Strip, and now not only can you be in the Strip, but you have to be out of have to vacate the Strip, that's too many xeris. So the fact, the fact that essentially we treat this entire area of the Ulam and Heichal like one Kiddusha indicates to us that in the Milas, 
right? In the biblical mass and the biblical gradations of Kedusha, there is no distinction between the Ulam and the Heichal. To which the Gemara says... Does that mean that generally people just walked in? Not people. Not people. Kohanim. Remember, it's important part I will say, when we're speaking about the din of vacating the yes. area, this is Kohanim. Yisraelim, remember, and even Levim are, are never entering into this area, right? The most they can do is maybe fill up parts of this, of this courtyard. So when we speak about, so thank you for the clarification, when we speak about vacating the premises, we're speaking about Kohanim, who normally would have license to be in the Ulam and the Heichel, cannot be there when any part of the Kapara surface is taking place. To which the Gemara says, Lo, which the Gemara says, it's not true. In fact, the area between the, the area of the Ulam and Bein Ulam is actually interesting. The Gemara says, the area of the Ulam and the strip between the Mizbeach and the Ulam, that's one Kedusha. That's one Kedusha. But the area between the Ulam and the Heichal, in fact, is another level of Kedusha. It turns out that the areas of Kedusha go like this. There's the area, really, it's the area of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, right? That's level one. Level two is the rest of the Heichal. Level three is the Ulam and the strip in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. That's, le- that's really level three. And then ultimately, again, the rest of this courtyard, the Ezra's Kohanim, then the Ezra's Nashim, so on and so forth. Rabosai, before we go weiter, what's Talacha with this obligation of separation? Right? Rabosai, this is a big discussion. So now what we've established through this sugya is the need to vacate the premises at the time that the Kohen Gadol is doing the Avoda inside of the Mikdash. We've also established what type of Avoda does it apply to? What type of Avoda? Kapara avoda, right? Anything that has an element of kapara, of atonement associated with it, no one is permitted to be in the mikdash when halach lamaisa the kohen gadol is doing his thing. I'm not doing his thing, doing doing the avoda. Now both say now the shiloh then becomes how much do you have to vacate? So listen to this. So the Rambam, the Rambam, this is actually brought down. Um, let me let me read. First, there is the halacha. First, there is the halacha of um, okay, let me read to you. It is brought down in two places in the Rambam. It's brought down in Hilchos Avolos Yom Kippurim, Perak Dalit Halacha Beis, and Hilchos Timidin Umusafin, Perak Gimel Halacha Gimel. Let me read to you first from Rambam Hilchos Yom Kippurim. Bishas Haktara Sakitoras Pekoda Shakadashim. At the time when the Kohen Gadol is offering up the Kitoras in the Kodesh Shakadashim, Kal Ha'am Parshim Min Ha'echal Bilvad. Kola'am, I will say again, Kola'am means the entire nation, but who does it really refer to? Kohanim. The Kohanim cannot be in the Heichal. You can't be in the Heichal at the time that the Kohen Gadol is doing the Ketores inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. However, ve'enan parshin mibena ulam v'lam izbeach. But they need not separate from the strip between the ulam and the zeach. So I also want to, want to point out is as follows. So essentially, when the Kohen Gadol is doing the Avodah in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, you cannot be in the Heichal. cannot be in the Heichal. But you can be in the strip in between the Mizbeach and the Ulam. That you could be in that area. Why, says the Rambam? Shein parshin mi beina Ulam v'la Mizbeach. Because the only time you have to vacate the strip between the Ulam and the Mizbeach is Ella b'shas haktara b'heichal b'chol yom or b'shas matan damen b'heichal k'mo shvara b'heichal So I both say, Essentially, the way the Rabban Paskins is, there is, only, there is only one degree of separation 
that is necessary for atonement services. So when the Kohen is doing the Ketoris and the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the one degree of separation demands that what? You can't be in the Heichal. But you can be in the strip in between the Mizbeach and the Ulam. However, when the Kohen Gadol is doing the Ketoris in the Heichal, when he's doing the Ketoris in the Heichal, or for that matter again, or for that matter again, any of the blood applications of Yom Kippur, in the Heichal, it's not just Yom Kippur, by the way, any time you're doing blood applications, let's say the Bar Helam Dover Minat Sibor, the Karbonos we spoke about, then Halacha Lamaisa, you, cannot, you cannot go ahead and be in the strip. So essentially, I will say, when atonement is happening in the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, you can't be in the Heichal. But when atonement is happening in the Heichal, not only can you not be in the Heichal, but what? You can't be in the strip in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach as well. So always one degree of separation, one, one barrier, one degree of separation required from wherever the atonement service is happening. And the Ramam writes the same thing in Hilchos Tamidun Musaf and Parakim Alachagimal. Both say that was Hilchos Alachimakipurim Talid Beis. You should look at these Ramams because they're really quite fascinating. And now again, Ramam, same idea. Hilchos Tamidun Musaf and Gimel Gimel. Be'eshemaktirinak Torres Be'echal. At the time that the Ketoris is offered up in the Heichal, Bechol Yom Vayom, Parshin Kala Amina Heichal, Umi Bain Haulam Valam Isbeach, Lo Yesham Adam Achieti Zesh Iktira Ketoris, Vechay Bishashi Karnis Bedama Hatos Nasas Bithnim, Parshim Mi Kal Mi Bain Haulam Vizeh. So we'll say again, whenever there's an atonement service happening inside of the Heichal, you have to separate not only out of the Heichal, but you must vacate the strip in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. When the atonement service is only happening inside of the Holy of Holies, you must vacate the Heichal, but ultimately, again, you could be in this Shabbat. So we'll have to stop over here for today. Again, incredible, incredible sugi. Now at least we know the halacha of Hafrasha, and Amir Hatshah will continue with the rest of the sugi tomorrow. Shkoyach. Thank you. It, it, it's not. It's fine. You can get by with the. Uh... You mean the strip between the uh, between the ulam and.